Welcome to another episode of the Blind Side Podcast, where we cover all things NFL related. Now, let's remember when we first start looking at this entire case, I want to make it very clear that nothing has been proven yet. However, if these things are true, this is some very, very serious stuff. And I want to take this very seriously. Okay, so do not assume that I'm not thinking any of this is true or not true. I'm just providing you the information that we know currently about this situation. In October 2021, Matt Areza and two of his other teammates from San Diego State were accused of raping 17-year-old girl at an off-campus party. So prior to when the alleged rape occurred, Matt and the unnamed girl were having sex at this party, okay? Now, as far as we know, the girl was definitely intoxicated at this point, and she also has made claims that Matt Areza was giving her drinks with other toxins inside of it to make her to make her more intoxicated. Now, it is important with this to mention that at the time, Matt was 21 years old when he was still at San Diego State when this happened, and the girl was 17 years old. And it's important to mention that as well because in the state of California, the legal age of consent is 18 years old. So from the report that we have, she has also mentioned on a call with him and during the night that she was in high school when this happened. Once Matt and the other girl were done having sex, he walked her into a room where two to three other men were waiting. Once she had walked into this room, the men had pushed her onto the table facing down and proceeded to rape her for an hour and a half until the party ended. However, this wasn't just regular. God, that sounds so horrible. This wasn't just regular gang rape. There was some serious physical assault with this as well because as she was leaving the room, she was bleeding from her belly button, her ears, as well as her reproductive organs. And the reason this happened was because during the event, they allegedly removed all of the piercings from her body, ripped the piercings from her body. So her earrings, her belly button ring, they ripped them off apparently during this entire interaction. Immediately after the alleged gang rape occurred, the girl reported the rape to the San Diego police who then opened up an investigation. And this is where things get interesting. According to the suit, in a call to Areza from the girl arranged by the detectives from the sex crimes unit of the San Diego Police Department, Areza acknowledged having sex with Doe and confirmed that she should be tested for STDs. When she asked a more direct question about whether they had sex per the detective's request, Areza changed his tone and said that he did not remember anything that happened that night. Now again, I stated this in the beginning. These are still accusations, so nothing is set in stone. However, we get, again, need to take this very seriously. If these things are true, this is, this is awful. This is really bad. But again, let's not jump the gun here. What the Buffalo Bills are going to do at this point, I'm not entirely sure. They have released a statement that they're not going to further comment on this situation and that they've already done their own investigation, which I, I guess means that they didn't really find anything important to report. Now, the interesting, thing to, the interesting thing to note here on the NFL side of this issue is that they cannot punish him because this happened while he was in college prior to him being in the NFL. So they cannot fine him. They cannot suspend him per the collective bargaining agreement with the NFL Players Association. So when it comes to any punishment in the NFL, Nothing is going to happen unless of the Buffalo Bills do decide to cut the punter from the roster, which might 
happen. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. It's obviously going to depend on how this investigation goes. And again, if this is true, I just I just feel so bad about this situation. Like this this is disgusting behavior. We'll see how this goes, though. We got to let the investigation play out. I'm not going to try and take sides in this situation because, again, although the, the details are terrible and I want to make this very clear, OK, I do not want to. I don't tolerate things like this, OK, even just the most minor thing where he's having sex with a minor that is on just the we're at the tip of the iceberg with just that okay that is like the bare minimum thing i already do not tolerate so i don't know we're gonna have to see how this goes it's gonna be a very interesting situation see how this pans out to see if the buffalo bills decide to cut him from the team or if any other legal action does continue obviously a civil case is going on right now but to see if there's any criminal action we'll have to wait and see and one last thing I do want to talk about this situation has to deal with like the fans okay we're doing this weird thing on social media where we're trying to do this contest between Bills fans and Browns fans about who did it worse between him and Deshaun Watson right we're doing this really weird thing with this and let's be clear okay both things are bad on their own Okay, again, especially if this arrays of stuff is true, they're both bad on their own. We don't need to compare the two. We don't need to go, oh, well, the Sean Watson situation is actually worse or, oh, Matt's situation is actually worse. Okay, we don't need to do that. They're both bad things on their own. They don't need to be compared. Okay, we're not trying to like see whose fan base is worse or whose players are worse. And then the other thing to go on top of that is the. People that are saying, oh, wow, what a shocker. It was a Buffalo Bills player that did this. Cut the bullshit, okay? He wasn't even a Bill when this happened. Let's be clear. I just, I don't know. I just, I just find that part of the internet very toxic and I don't like it. And yes, I'm a Ravens fan. I'm a Ravens fan defending the Bills, okay? And I'm also defending Browns fans too at the same time. But yeah, so I don't know. That's just me. But again, just to cut off the situation again it's it's very crazy what's going on and we're gonna have to see how this pans out let the investigation go through but if this is true this is seriously fucked up all right so we're gonna move on to a couple more light-hearted topics because this whole situation with matt areza really kind of set the tone for the podcast but we're gonna move on to something two things that we're actually gonna do before the show ends first thing is we're gonna talk about my early sleeper team prediction for the 2022 nfl season i have one team one team that i think is going to shock the nfl and make the playoffs i know crazy and i understand there are a lot of people that have said that this team will probably make the no that's not true there haven't been a lot of people that said this team will still make the playoffs even though they've made some pretty serious free agent acquisitions during the offseason and that team the Miami Dolphins I think the Miami Dolphins can make the playoffs okay I trust their new coach he comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree he worked in San Francisco I really like the offense that they run with mid zones and wide zones and doing the boots and slide play actions off of that I really like that stuff and I think they did a perfect acquisition with Tyreek Hill he's a great receiver in space Many people make the misconception that Tyreek Hill is just a deep ball guy, but you got to understand when he was in Kansas City last year, most of his yards came on run after catch. 
off of short passes. So Tua and Tyreek is going to be a great combination, especially considering they also have Jalen Waddle, who quite frankly is probably just as fast as Tyreek Hill. So got that. Gusecki. They brought in Teron Armstead as well. He's going to be playing left tackle. And again, I really just think that this offense is going to be very interesting next year. And Miami has been a team for the past three years now where they've been one, two games off from making it to the playoffs. So they've already, they already were close to making it into the postseason. And now I feel like with these acquisitions, they can do it. And I feel like this is going to be a big year for Tua Tagovailoa as well, because let's remember Tua coming in to the NFL was a top quarterback prospect. Okay. Tank for Tua was a real thing. And I feel like this year is going to be the real prove it year and his chance to actually make a name for himself in the NFL because he's got the weapons now. He's got Kiseki, He's got Jalen Waddle. He's got Tyreek Hill. They added a little bit more protection on that offensive line. However, the rest of that offensive line is still definitely pretty suspect, but I feel like they got a chance here. And the running backs too. You got Raheem Mostert. This whole team is just filled with speed. I really feel like it's going to work successfully on the offensive end and the defensive end. They got great man-to-man -man corners. They also have players like Melvin Ingram on their defense. So I feel like they have a lot of big players in a lot of different positions on offense and on defense as well. And they've already been so close to making it to the playoffs, but I really think they're going to make that push this year and be a pretty serious team in the playoffs. And I didn't want to go with the super basic answer here in this situation because I feel like everybody's going to say like, oh, the Broncos are going to make it. But I feel like let's go with a team that people probably won't want to pick because of the culture that this team has had for a very, very long time which is definitely a losing culture. They've not made the playoffs a lot over the past, well, pretty much my lifetime. So I think the Dolphins have a shot this year. I really, really like the chances they got. And let's see if they can do it. All right, moving on to the final subject that I'm going to cover today. I didn't want to do a super long episode because I am still recovering from some voice issues that I've been having where I literally just could not record any videos, whether it was on my main or second channel. So we're going to keep this one short so I don't overuse my voice, but we're going to talk about the retirement of Shaquem Griffin. Now, Shaquem Griffin went to the University of Central Florida, and obviously many people know the story of Shaquem Griffin. He had one of his hands amputated from his body at a young age, and that didn't stop him. He was one of the better players on that UCF roster when they were super good in 2018. Hashtag undefeated. Hashtag we want Bam. I know about this stuff, okay, because I go to UCF. So this is also personal for me. And then he went to the combine, did really well, had one of the fastest times as a linebacker. He had a 4.3840, and he put up 20 reps on the bench at the combine. It was some really amazing stuff to watch. It was really cool to see. Gets drafted by Seattle, gets to play with his brother for a little bit. He eventually goes to Jacksonville, and I don't know, the rest is history. He decided he, wanted to, he didn't want to play anymore because he wanted to play with his brother, but his brother's been in Jacksonville. And I guess there was no offer on the table for Shaquem to join him in Jacksonville. So he's decided he wants to retire, go to his plan A, which was what he went to school for. And I absolutely support him. But there's one thing that I do want to mention with this situation, though, that I really do not like. Is that we're constantly still making these, like, really weird, like, hand jokes about him. Like, it's, it's getting old at this point. Like, oh, I got to hand it to him, blah, 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 or... Oh, I hope he can lend a helping hand to his community or whatever now since he's retired. Like, just super weird, like, middle school level type of jokes that, like, aren't even really funny. At least to me, some people might find it funny, but I don't even find it funny. 
And like, I, I'm not like saying it's super offensive, but it's just like weird at this point. I don't know. Maybe I'm just on Twitter too much. I'm probably on Twitter. What is in my eye right now? Oh. Oh. All right. I just moaned on a microphone. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> ah, my eye. All right. Well. I guess that's going to be it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Blindside Podcast. 